You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 18, Crawley with the Cubs in Mesa. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook, or email us, flythew670 at gmail.com. Well, first of all, Crawley, you are recording this episode live from the airport. Uh, before we get into the games a little bit, give us a little uh, give us a little scene setter. What? Uh, how was it? How was the weather? How were the fans? How were the well, players? Let me ask you. Let me let me tell you, Dustin. Right right now, it is seventy five degrees here in Mesa. How's it look in Chicago when I land? A uh, little, uh, little wet, little, uh, little moisture, about thirty degrees. Woke up to snow on the ground this morning. Most of it is melted, but uh, yeah, a little. It's gonna be a little wet when you get here. You know, the scene in Mesa is just absolutely just. It was so much fun. I, I can't even describe it. I mean, let me just tell you, the first day I'm there, I get there Tuesday night, crash. I wake up first thing in the morning. Who's walking around sitting in a in one of those fold-out chairs next to me? But I'm talking to Fergie Jenkins for about thirty-five minutes. And that's just the start of my vacation. And I guess, you know, you know, team U.S. or Cubs were playing team Canada when I first got there. So you sitting there, we're with Fergie Jenkins. We're having some friends here. And, uh, you know, we just sat there talking. It was it was the Cubs versus team Canada, and it was a lot of fun. So, you know, that, that just opens up how it goes for me. So if you've been to Sloan, you know that there's the ballpark, the main ballpark, and then all the major leaguers, the guys on the 40-man roster are on what's called fields one and two. And then if you walk a, a couple blocks around, you get to where the backfields are. And so it's just fun watching the players do drills. It's it's like Mardi Gras out there, man. You got tents, people are cooking all sorts of amazing food. Everyone's smiling, everybody's in a good mood. It's just a giant party. So I guess prior to when I got out there, the weather was absolutely awful. And then I show up and I bring in the sunshine. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yep. You are Mr. Sunshine, Crowley Sunshine. Let's let's take, take a step back, Crowley. Um, I want to ask you about a topic that we had a little bit of fun with on the Mully and Haw Show. Did you consider the win against Team Canada part of the winning streak, or is that not part of it because it wasn't a Cactus League game? I, I mean, obviously it's not going to count on the record, but I counted it as part of the streak, absolutely. Okay. All right. I did not. I said it wasn't part of it. It wasn't. Uh, they acted like they didn't even play. They, now they put a lot of the good players out there for that game. I was surprised by that. Other teams have not been doing that. They've kind of really been going to their bench. But uh, listen, it's always good when the Cubs get the opportunity to fly the W. And they did that a bunch while you were out there, Crowley. But let's take a step back. Let's get into uh, the game on Monday when Hayden Wesniski took the bump for the Cubs, his uh, second start of the spring. Well, that's the exciting thing, Dustin, you know, is, is we know generally who's going to be in what positions. But but the question is Hayden Wesniski or Adrian Sampson for that fifth spot. You, I mean, we're very much saying that's Hayden's spot. I was saying we'll wait and see, but Hayden has done absolutely nothing to uh, to dissuade anybody from that, that he really kind of deserves that spot. So, I mean, you know, he, he did pretty good, you know, wasn't as good as his first start. Uh, he got in a little bit of a trouble, but I would say that, you know, the, when the when he came down to it, the Cubs got on the board first on Monday. Nico let off the game with a single. Trey struck out, but then Eric Hosmer hit a double to score Nico. That gave the Cubs a one nothing lift. Uh, Patrick Wisdom struck out. Uh, Christopher Morell singled the skull Hosmer to uh, put the Cubs up to nothing. Um, but, you know, this time around, Hayden had a little bit of struggles, but that's okay. He gave up some hard contact in the first, including a double to Ty France and a single to Cole Calhoun in the second and then the third 
with one out Ty France singled on a little squibber that Hayden threw away. And then now you got into some errors, which we're trying to avoid, right? So France gets to second um, on, the, on the throwing air. He gets to third on a throwing air from Tucker Barnhart on a pickoff attempt. So two errors end up with the guy at third. And then a double by Cal Rayleigh makes it 2 nothing, and Hayden stays over. But it was, it was generally good, you know. And so in the top of the seventh, Brendan Davis hit a ground rule double to right. PCA struck out, but then Edwin Rios tripled. I mean, that guy with his extra base hits have really been something. He has been game, really hitting the ball pretty well, those extra base hits, yeah. Yeah, and then as far as it goes, you know, it, it was a short-lived lead because Cade Marlowe homered off Tyler Duffett to make it a 3-2 ball game. Big defensive play in the bottom of the eighth, though. Ben Brown's on the mound and one out. Kian Kwong doubled to left. The next batter is that Zach Dela Loach single to Bradley Beasley, who threw out Wong at home. So that was a nice play to see that. And so in the top of the ninth, the Cubs are going to kind of get some runs to help really win it. Kevin Alcantara, you, you've seen him. We've talked about him. Johandrick Pinego, Brad Beasley, who made that great throw the previous inning, doubled to score Alcantara. And so all of a sudden you went from a close game to a 6-2 game. So as I talk about, Edwin Reels had tripled, Horner, Davis, Alcantara, and Beasley all doubled. But the pitching continues to shine. So Hayden, you know, for whatever happened, he didn't give up any earned runs in the 2.2 innings. There was the two errors, the one on the throw by Wesniski and the one on Barnhart. But five relievers followed Wesniski and only gave up one earned run. Little sloppy on defense, three errors, two in the third inning. But, you know, in general, that's going to be really the story that we talk about is just every reliever that kind of comes in for the most part really does a good job of not giving up runs. Yeah, the pitching has been just so good so far. I mean, really, really good pitching, Crawley. It, it's it's uh, it, it, they my expectations keep going up and up as the games keep going on and on. And then that really speaks to the depth. You know what I mean? Like usually, depth, after, right. right. When you have just that first round of pitchers, those are usually the guys who are going to be on the major league roster. And then you always see a bunch of runs scored in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning with guys that are probably not going to make the team. But with the Cubs, all those guys look just really solid. So unfortunately for Adrian Sampson, he didn't look solid. Uh, you know, in, in his first outing, he went 1.2 innings and gave up four hits, three of them home runs. This time out against the Rangers, Samson went 2.2 innings, four hits, and an additional three home runs here. So you're looking at, what, six home runs, right, in 3.4 innings? Right. Yep. That, that's not going to handle it. But, again, just like in the previous game, you, you take a look and see Alzlai, K, Stout all look good. Cam Sanders, to me, I've, I've talked about this before, him and, uh, and you know, is looking like one of the best stories out of camp. I have no doubt this kid's going to be making up there. So between the bullpen after Adrian Sampson left, they only gave up two hits in 5.1 innings of work, Dustin, two hits. It's pretty good. Cubs actually jumped out to a one nothing lead thanks to an Edwin Diaz home run and in the first is second of the spring, and the Cubs were down 6-2. to two. But once Sampson emptied the game, the Cubs start scoring. The bullpen holds it down. Sergio had a big two-run RBI double, Sergio Alcantara. Luis Torres hit two home runs in the game for the Cubs, and they would go on to win this one 9-6. to six. Uh, Once again, PCA had fans buzzing on the base pass end with his defense in the sixth inning. Jake Slaughter singled. PCA reached on the throwing error by Ezekiel Duran, and then he makes a diving spot stop as he rushed the throw with the speedy PCA running hard. And so Slaughter scored from first, and PCA made it all the way around third on a ball that never left the infield. How many times, Dustin, have we told these stories? Right. PCA on the bases is just so much fun to watch. I mean, the kid is absolutely electric, and it will be uh, very interesting. I, I, I'm going to really look forward to watching him playing in the minors because he is just something special. I mean, the one that everyone was talking about, though, in that game was in the bottom of the seventh. 
He just made it unbelievable. It was like a horizontal angled backhanded diving catch in the gap. And it just, it, it looked like he had no chance off the bat to catch it. And there he was. And that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Unreal. So I was excited for my first game against team Canada. You had two Cubs, uh, Jared Young and Owen Casey, who switched from their cubby blue uniforms to the red and white of Canada. Justin Seal started the game and wasn't as sharp as his previous start. Remember that was the no hitter, but uh, team Canada jumped out to an early lead with uh, when Justin issued back-to-back walks to Freddie Freeman and Tyler O'Neill. So you knew that was trouble right away. And then Jared Young, who is, uh, like I said, who plays for the Cubs, ended up doubling off Justin Steele, and they scored two runs. The, Kais, the Cubs would tie it up in the second one. Edwin Rios and uh, would walk, and Tucker Barnhart hit his second home run of the spring. So that was good to see. In the third inning, Steele gave up a home run to Jacob Robinson to put Canada back in front three to two. After getting the next batter out, Steele's day was done. So he went 2.1, gave up two hits, three runs, two walks, and two Ks. He's replaced by Keenan uh, Thomas, but... Like I said, offense keeps working. The bullpen keeps being singy in the bottom of the third with two outs. Trey Mancini would walk and advance to second on a wild pitch and score on a Cody Bellinger single to tie the game at three. The back and forth is going to continue between the USA and Canada. Um, but once all of a sudden the Cubs kind of start getting into a lead that, you know, they, Canada ended up taking a four to three lead, but that's the last time they would as the Cubs would score eight more runs. Cody Bellinger hit a solo home run. Sergio Alcantara would score on a pass ball. Nelson Maldonado with an RBI single scored on a wild pitch. Dom Nunez with an RBI triple. He would score on a wild pitch. And then Kevin Alcantara would hit a sack fly. So in the ninth, Ben Leeper gave up a three run homer, but the Cubs would go on to win 11 to seven. So for Canada, Jared Young was one for three with two with that two-run double. If you're watching the, the uh, Cubs that are playing on that team, Owen Casey got to play. I got to talk to his parents out there. They were very nice. People. Oh, nice. Um, but Owen Casey went 0 for four, but he was robbed by a hit by Ian Happ. But he threw out Edwin Rios, uh, Rios, who was attempting to score from first to third. So Cody Bellinger had a great game against Canada, two for three with a home run. Um, two runs bad, uh, batted in, and then Tucker Barnhart was one for two with two bar RBIs, and Nelson Maldonado was two for two, and then Michael Rucker, Mark Leiter Jr., and Brandon Little all pitched scoreless innings, so that turned out good. So yeah, that was a, that was listen, that was a good game. It just you know, we just had some fun whether or not it should have counted as part of the winning streak. That's all. I'm always right. happy the way they win. Well, Dustin, the winning streak looked like it was in serious jeopardy on Thursday. Um, you know, Jamison Tyone did not look good as the Reds scored three in the first. Kevin Newman continues to harass the Cubs. Remember, he he gave the Cubs fits when he was with the Pirates. Now he's on the Reds. So Newman, you know, gets a leadoff single, steals second. TJ Friedel singles to put runners on the corners. Friedel steals second, and Newman scored on a throwing error on Jan Gomes. Tyone got the next two batters, but Luke Maley homered, and the Cubs were down 3 nothing before the Cubs even had an at-bat. In the second inning, Jason Bossler hit a solo bomb to put the Cubs up, to put the I'm sorry to put the Reds up four nothing. Jamison was able to pitch into the fourth without further damage, going 3.2 innings, giving up four hits, four runs, three Ks, two home runs. Not gonna panic again. Spring training, he'll get it down there. But the Cubs were down five nothing going into the sixth, and that's when they exploded for six runs. Hap singled, Mancini homered, Hosmer and Luis Torres singled before Patrick Wisdom, my guy. He's been on the podcast. He knew I was at the game. He said, Crawley, this one's for you. He hits a three-run homer to tie the game at five. Chris Morrell made it back-to-back jacks to give the Cubs the lead, 6-5. Then Luis Torrens and Sergio, uh, would end up, uh, and, and Sergio Alcantara would drive in runs to make it 8-5. to five. 
The Reds would score one in the ninth, but the Cubs would take this one eight to six. Hap was one for two. Trey Mancini was two for three with two RBIs. Luis Torrens was two for two with two runs and an RBI. Wisdom one for three with three RBIs. Once again, the bullpen with Fulmer, Wick, Hughes, and Duffy all pitched scoreless innings. Yeah, so very now, cool. Duffy. I was super excited for you, Crawley. I was super excited that you got such a uh, entertaining game um, in the Cubs coming back, hitting all those home runs. I was happy for you, buddy. Now, the only thing standing between the Cubs and a 10-game win streak was, of course, the Southsiders. Good crowd. I think it was a very fun crowd. Nobody was, you know, no fights. Or, like I said, you can't get angry about, you know, spring training games. But that was probably the biggest pitching duel that we've seen um, since when I was out there, obviously. There wasn't right. a lot of runs scored in that game. So, it, you know, it was a fun game. And, and you know, I thought Drew Smiley had his best outing of the spring going four innings, giving up no runs, no strikeout. Uh and, you know, I'm sorry, two strikes, no walks. So I thought that was good. Offensively, not a lot of the Cubs. Derek Hosmer had a good day, two for two, and driving in the first one of the game for the Cubs to give him really one the lead. The White Sox hit a pair of home runs in the fifth. Brian Ramos hit a run uh, blast off from Baruki to give uh, the Sox a 2-1 lead. In the eighth, Serbi Savalo would hit a solo home run off of Kin, who, remember, we talked about him in our interview coming up of when he was going to pitch again. He pitched. Unfortunately, gave up the home run, and that would give the Sox a 3-1 lead. And then Yasmani Grandal doubled in a runoff. Adbert Alzelay to put the White Sox up 4-1. to one. But look at this, Dustin. The Cubs, the Cubs it, it's funny. When, when, when I was watching in spring training, I don't. they didn't care what inning it was or what was happening. They were always sitting there fighting for every single at-bat. And that was the thing that I liked is they made a nine, uh, inning, ninth inning rally. They came up a little bit short, you know. But but they they made it really close. I guess that would be that I would take a look at it. You know, you had uh, you know Murray struck out. You know, but you had Johan Piago single, Don Munez singled, Sergio Contra singled, so it made it a four to two game. And then Peralta singled on a ground ball to right field to make it four three. So you got the winning run. But unfortunately, Bradley Beasley grounded into a double play to end it. But you're talking about going all the way up to the last at bat to to. Uh, to be able to, you know, still be in it, right? Right. They weren't quitting, that's for sure. Crawley, let me ask you about the uh, the time of the games that you attended. What did you think of the pace of play? You know, different. We've been watching it, we've been listening to it on the score. But how was it in person? So, you know, you do notice it. And the game that I really noticed it was the game that I attended yesterday, the last game that I attended. Again, a victory versus the Dodgers. And Hayden Wesniski, nasty as usual. I mean, I think that clinched him that fifth starter spot. But I think how many innings he go? Four or five innings yep. of no hit ball. But I think the whole game in general took barely over two hours. It was a fast one. Yeah, so, so. Wesneski in that game, uh, and the other thing, he struck out the side at one point, getting Rojas, Muncie, and J.D. Martinez all going down swinging. He, is, he hasn't allowed an earned run through eight and two-thirds of spring training, 11 Ks, two walks. So pretty impressive. And the Cubs hit uh, three home runs in the fifth. So that was kind of fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. That that was we had a blast on that. So I mean, yeah, Hayden had the had the no-hitter going all the way into the fifth inning. It was James Outman who hits the home run. But yeah, you had home runs going all over the place. Jan Gomes hit one, Mike Talkman hit one, and Chris Morell hit one. So, you know, the Cubs ended up scoring with the sack fly. And then LA tried to make a little noise in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, make it four to two, but then Jake Slaughter home run. So there was a ton of home runs in that game. And it was the first time I've ever been to Camelback Ranch. How is so that park? I thought it was really kind of cool. It was, I, I, okay. So I'm, I'm a, you know, obviously I love Sloan park, 
Um, but it was really cool. It had like this beautiful little lake that kind of goes through everything. And, and there was a lot of player accessibility. So when you go to the Cubs backfields, right, and you take a look, it's kind of four fields that are right there. Um, you don't really kind of be able to interact with that. There, there was like one time, I have White Sox prospect warming up. I was like three feet from the guy watching him throw. Very so cool. that's very cool. And then as you walk the pathway to the ball game, there's all these giant baseballs that have players like, you know, obviously Jackie Robinson and, and Nellie Fox and all the great players for both teams out there. It was a cool stadium. I would say that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind going there again, but uh, it, it was a fun stadium. The food, meh. Okay. Drinks. Eh, okay. I would say it was an okay stadium, but, but again, fun to see the Cubs there. So I end up, I, I end up showing up there and I got to see four games in four days <laughs> And so the Cubs went three and one. And, and, and like I said, all the games that I went to, a lot of them were really competitive. Um, the cool thing to kind of see when I was down there too, is that, you know, Billy Williams and he spent a lot of time talking to the players. So I could, could see it. I couldn't hear it, but it was fun uh, watching them kind of have a conversation. So I enjoyed that interaction that they had. And, and just a lot of the players were really good to the fans. Um, obviously Chris Morrell is just one of the best guys. There's no way you leave there without a Chris Morrell autograph unless he's running late, which I think happened one day. The one thing I will warn you about is the beer bats, okay? So they sell these bats in right field at the, at the Hornitos tent. They're $30. I think it's 30 ounces of beer, but uh, in that in that summer heat, that'll get you going. So uh, <laughs> not, not only that, they also sell the, the beer mar- or the margarita bats. So you can get a beer bat or a margarita mat, uh, bat. I just didn't think I could do 30 ounces of a margarita. I think that's a little bit too sweet for my blood. Um, I did talk to uh, Alex Cohen. He's been on the show. He's the broadcaster and he's done a couple games, I think for the score and for Marquis. So he's been getting a little bit of prep out there. I got to our talk, talk to our guy, uh, Ron Coomer. So Coomer was an absolute blast. You know, it was, you know, one of the guys that was really nice that kind of, I didn't know how he was going to be was PCA. I got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, and, 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 you know, it's weird because all of a sudden he's definitely the talk of the camp. You know, when you talk about him and Jeremiah Estrada and Cam Sander, I think those are the three guys whose names that I think were most mentioned throughout that. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think there's a name that when I was on the backfield, a couple people were buzzing about is a guy that used to be one of the Cubs top prospects, Miguel Amaya. And he is somebody that, I mean, we didn't have a chance to see him play. But I think that he is someone that a lot of the coaches believe is going to make a difference this season. So let's kind of cross our fingers and hope that he stays healthy because that's always been it with him. It's just been the injury bug. 